Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanking clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine, and then blue bump, The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I imagine you're going Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, everyone. This is Mrs. Atom. And this is Captain Goofball. I mean, Mr. Atom. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm having a moment. Leave me alone. Yes. Welcome back to another By the By. Yeah. This is going to be... A mailbag episode. Dum-dum-dum. Yes. We've had a lot of questions from listeners lately, and they're really good questions and some that we've gotten from multiple listeners, so I think it's a a good thing to read them aloud to the world and discuss. I agree, because my mentality is if somebody asks a question, that takes courage. And so any question Mm -hmm. that you ask, I have the courage to answer. I'm speaking for both of us. When I say I, we have the courage to answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on top of that is it's one of those things that... I know whenever you're in sort of a classroom setting, if you have the courage to ask a question, I mean, you're not the only one who's wondering that. That means that we as teachers or leaders of of thought, thought leaders, I like that one, um, have have let you down and we want to get the information out there. So here we are trying to get that information out there. Mm -hmm. So we've got a number of questions today. Do we just want to jump right in or anything else you want to say first? Um, Oh, this is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. June is Pride Month, so be proud. Be proud. Celebrate. Put on bright colors. Whatever yes. it takes for you to feel included in the LGBTQI community, um, or support us in any way, uh, it's appreciated. And thank you. And I've seen a lot of Twitter uh, remarks out there on people coming out as as bi or trans or, mm-hmm. or intersex. It's um, it's exciting. Yeah. It's great to see and even if you a community I- come together. I'm saying even if you don't identify as one of those, it's it's good to support yeah. everyone else who is yeah. and who's part of that community. Yeah, and it's definitely appreciated. So Yeah. All right. All right. I think all the business let's let's get uh-huh. straight to the meat and taters of this all right. podcast. Let's do it. All right, so the first question. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, by the way, so at, at, just as a as a disclaimer, we're not reading anybody's names no. on these or anything distinguishing. Mm-mm. We're just, these are emails or messages that we've gotten through uh, one of the many venues. We just wanted to get this information out there. So there, we, if you send us an email and they're like, oh, they're going to read my name. No, it's, we're not going to read yeah. your name. We won't unless you give us explicit re- um, um, permission to do that. Yeah. No, we're consent, just going Consent. Yeah. It's all very general. Yes. So. Okay. And Sorry. questions that many people have. So go ahead. All right. My partner and I are in a long-term closed relationship and are discussing inviting others into our sex life. We enjoy sex with each other, but how can we prepare so that we can be good in bed with new people? Specifically, it's been a really, really long time since I've gone down on another girl. What can I do to get better at this before there is an actual second woman in the bedroom? This also works for second male. 
So that's a really good question because a lot of our friends, even in the swinger community, have been married and in a monogamous relationship for 10, 15 plus years before they open it up. And you're used to your partner. You're used to what does it for your partner and they're used to you. So how, how do you prepare for someone else? That's a, that is a, that's a good question. It's a tough question. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I almost think it's like, look, my advice on something like that is just always sort of try to pay attention to whoever your partner is, whether it's your permanent primary partner or somebody new. And it's communication. It's do you like this or or, you know, how does this feel to you? It's it's funny because I remember when we first started playing with other couples, um, a friend, another the other first couple that we full swapped with, mm-hmm. she told me, which I thought was genius. She goes, if if we invite two people into our bed, I know the way the the girl, the lady, the female partner will enjoy uh, getting oral sex based on how her partner gives me oral sex. Mm-hmm. Because let's say in a, in a heterosexual male-female, he will go down on her the way he's used to going down on his partner. His partner. So then if you emulate that with his partner. Yeah, then it's probably going to be pretty good if they have a good sex. I mean, that's provided that they have a good relationship. Right. I always thought that was such a clever thing. That is genius. I was like, holy shit. And so they were our Yoda couple to start with. Yeah. Uh, I, and I still, I sort of pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, when a female partner, you know, who's not you, uh, goes down on me, I pay attention to what she does and how she treats me. And then I'll, if I'm going down on her partner, that's what I do. I emulate what she did with my own little tips and tricks thrown in. Right. Um, but, you know, so there's, there's the first part that I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second part is, you know, don't sell yourself short. You may not have had somebody new in a long time, but that doesn't mean that whatever you're doing, you know, isn't bad. So if you've got it, if you and your partner have a good open, open, honest conversation about like, especially oral sex, um, and you both are happy with where you, what you're receiving and what you're giving, then you're at least in the median range for the rest of the world. Listen to your, listen to who you're going down on and the sounds that they make, um, pay attention to breathing patterns. And it can also be a, something that in preparing for this with your primary partner, like you said, you have open and honest communication even during play. And I know with my my first long-term partner, we had very good communication about sex even during play. And so I would be giving him a blowjob and he we would be talking about it and he would tell me, what felt good, what didn't feel good, if if he liked something more than something else. And he would try to describe the feelings to me so that then I would understand as I'm doing X, this is what it feels like. And that helped me learn not just what felt better and what worked for him, but then later when we were no longer together, I then applied that to other people and said, okay, he thought this felt good or this is what this felt like and that's what this partner likes. So I'm going to adjust according to the, the feedback that I'm getting. But it is nice to have that open conversation and be able to see what it feels like during play. Yeah. You know, and another thing is I think about the the play that we had this past weekend. So we had play with a couple. Um, and she, a couple of times, would physically push me away. I think it was getting a little intense for her. And so rather than just accepting that as 
as, you know, no, mm-hmm. I asked. I said, is it too much for you? Is it, you know, is this okay? You know, are, where's, your, where's your headspace? Are you all right with this? Or, you know, is it just too intense? And mm-hmm. she was always very vocal. Like, yeah, if it's just a bit intense or I just need a break or, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. Because I need a break, this is too intense, is completely different than you're not doing it right, I'm not happy. Yes. So don't... But if you're going on that physical cue of someone pushing you away, it could be either. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. And so I like to know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I not doing it for you? Is there something I can do that makes it better? Mm-hmm. So I think to sum all this massive rambling up, um, yeah, just, just be, be have an open, honest communication with whoever your partner is, and pay attention to their physical cues, their breathing techniques especially. Yeah. Um, You can tell when people are panting, things are good. So, yeah. I'm going to add a couple more things to that as well. All right. Uh, I will likely agree with you. (laughs) So I do think that it's okay to say, you know, early on in the play session, even before you start playing, I think it's completely okay to be honest with them and say, hey, I haven't done this in a really long time. I've never done this before, you know, please be patient with me and give me feedback. And like you said, if they're pushing you away or they're behaving a certain way, feel free to stop in and to check in with them and say, is this okay? Would you prefer something else? And, you know, what is it that that works? And it it is good to be able to check in with, with partners. And I would say, especially if I'm going down on a new female partner, I will check in at some point along the way, whether it's beforehand or during the play, and ask them, is this okay or do you like this? Because some women prefer more clitoral stimulation and some women prefer more G-spot. And so I just want to make sure that I'm giving them the best that I can and that they're having fun with it. Also, I would say that one thing to think about is, not like much like you said, of paying attention to how their partner goes down on you and using those techniques on them, Also think about what you like. What is it that you like when someone's going down on you and try to emulate that in your behavior back to them. And I would also, as my final wrap up, say don't rush, don't rush it. You want to take your time, set up camp down there. It's not just all about the end goal of having an orgasm. It's about enjoying that journey along the way. And there's a lot of nerve endings in the genital region. Like three to four thousand. Yeah, so... Lick everywhere, kiss, suck, use long strokes, work your tongue. Don't just focus on one little area, i.e. the clitoris. A lot of people do that. It's a great it's a great thing to focus on, but there's also really nice other places down there that, that feel really good when they're licked and sucked. And So, yeah, just kind of remember that, that it's about the whole genital area, not just one little spot. One little man in the boat. Yeah, one little man in the boat. Take care of the whole boat. Yeah. Um, just to touch on one other thing that also might be important is when they're going down on you, to have somebody who is not used to going down on you, um, you know, you, your partner knows you, but mm-hmm. this person may not. And there's ways that you can communicate that you're really enjoying something or, you really, um, or you're really not. So for me, one of the things that I often find is when men or women, or men especially, but men, uh, women as well, I like it rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want these gentle, like just the lips. I want like there needs to be lots of suction. I want, I mean, not not like painful rough, but I want you to be firm with my junk. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with you know really sucking hard. And so I'll yeah, I'll do the oh yeah, suck it harder, you know. And it's just a quick verbal cue of yeah. I'm clearly enjoying what I like. 
but I'm also giving you a little bit more direction direction as mm-hmm. to what what's going to do it for me. And I think that's a that's a gift that you can give your partner mm-hmm. because without them without that information they're just going to assume that they're plodding along and doing something that you like. If you give them a little more information, I think it's a nice thing to do. I, and I like it as well when somebody like, when I don't have to ask, am I doing this right? Do you like this? Yeah. Um, with that said, I don't want somebody to be an absolute director and tell me everything and I try not to do that as well. But there's a balance that you can find. Yeah. And you can use the nonverbal cues a lot to kind of guide you as to if they're responding a lot more to one thing than another that you're doing, then go back to that one. Yeah. Um, Even as something as as simple as grabbing their shoulders Mm -hmm. and squeezing, you're not directing them. Guys, you're not, you know, face fucking, um, you know, you're not grab or, or ladies, you're not grabbing their head and just cramming it into your pussy, you know, but grabbing their shoulders. And when they do something right, you squeeze that because yeah. it's that physical intensity that you're that you're transferring um, so that they know that what they're doing is is really good. Yeah. And often for me, what I'll do is just because my my hands are usually around like they're on their head, maybe running my fingers through their hair. And then when it does get more intense, I kind of dig in a little more yeah. and yeah, get a little firmer with that. So. It's a good way to tell. Yeah. Great. Now I have an erection. <laughs> Just talking about it is going to turn me on. <laughs> All right. Is that, are we going to yeah, wrap up that question? That's, um, yeah, that's, I think we've covered that one pretty well. Fantastic. That's a good question. I yeah, like that. Starting it was it off, a very good question. Starting off with a difficult one. I know. Wow. All right. What do we have next? Another difficult one. Oh, great. Are and there any of them easy? No. And this one is more for you to answer. Great. Hard, a hard one for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this person says, I have a question involving the dates you go on with four or more people. So we're looking at at least two couples. Okay. Right? Well, at least one couple, four or more. Okay. At least one couple and maybe some singles. (laughs) Right. Whatever. Whatever. Sure. More than a threesome. Yes. Uh, More so for Mr. Adam, how do you control your orgasms or do you not? For example, I'd imagine that that much excitement would have me coming pretty much after a few minutes, at least the first time. Is this normal? And how long do people usually last in a swingers club? And how long and how does that work? Do you guys stop and clean up or what? Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm super fast in bed, but if I'm really enjoying it, then I may need to slow down to keep the situation going and keep the play scene moving along. But I always wonder what's normal in bed. It's like when you went to the sauna, what's the average time at a club? What's the average time? Okay. That's, there's that's, a lot of pieces lot to this of, one. A, this is a, <laughs> All right, sit down, chillin'. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Adam is going to talk to you for a second. Um, look, the the short answer is how long is a piece of string? Yep. There is no, there's no real answer to this. Uh, I'll give you my experiences and, and especially my personal experiences. Um, but I would start off with we have... We, society, has a big problem with defining sex. Um, and we often see sex as penis and vagina. So we're very concerned about that orgasm. And once the man's orgasm is done, sex is over. And I'm not suggesting that's what this uh, uh, listener is, is, is saying at all. But I want to make it very clear that, um, you know, once your orgasm is done for the man... That doesn't necessarily mean sex is done. And it doesn't mean really anything at all. It's just one more small piece in the giant jigsaw puzzle of, of multi-fun in the bedroom. So, you know, sex is very much not necessarily penis and vagina. 
that's where I would start with that. The other side of that, another sort of path that we can go off on, is when we have four more people, and I'm thinking of times when we're in the orgy room Mm -hmm. with, and I'm assuming that's what this listener is talking about, where there's five to 15 people in bed with us, that takes a lot of the pressure off of you. Yeah. Because... There's a lot to focus on. And if you need to take a second to sort of regroup and and fade away just for a minute and watch, you can. And I guarantee somebody else is going to fill your spot. And that's absolutely okay. Because as soon as you're ready to get back into the game, there's going to be a spot for you to wiggle into. So how long did most people last? How long do I last? Um, And for me, it completely depends on the situation. Um, I'm thinking back to this past... Uh, Friday night at the club mm-hmm. where we had we had played with a couple and I, I didn't orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no uh, penetrative penis and vagina sex um, with anybody, mm-hmm. um, but we I think we played with them in a room oral back and forth between us for maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, easy. It was a long time, maybe yeah. two hours. And that's all we did was oral. And I was close to coming a couple of times with her going down on me. Um, but I would always sort of let's move, let's do something different. Let's mm-hmm. change the position. So in one case, she was going down on me, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good. This is really good. Ooh, this might be too good." And then I was like, "Ooh, let's sixty-nine. So that takes her off of me. Let's get into a position and where it gives we can you sixty-nine. A momentary break. Gives me that momentary break, yeah. and then changes the experience for me. Then when when we finally did have sex, that was just you and I having mm-hmm. sex. Um, we started out. Uh, 69ing, mm-hmm. which again got me really close. And I was like, Ooh, let's have sex. And I think I lasted maybe a minute and a half to two minutes. It was quick because it was just like, I was ready. I was like, let's get this done. Um, and I think the second I felt you start to orgasm, I was like, oh, there's my, there's my <laughs> thing. I can go. And it was like, poof. And yeah. it was everywhere. Um, so, plus we were in doggy and that always, it's a quick one for me. Yeah. It's my favorite position. Anyway. So, but this is long and rambling. I knew this was going to be long That's and okay. rambling. And yeah. I've, the, the, the long and short of it, though, is there's, there's no way to really, There's no right answer. There's no right answer. No. But the, the great thing about it is you've got to, you know, I'm assuming this, um, this writer is, is male. Um, but you've got a penis. You've got hands. You've got your mouth. Um, there's a lot you can do that yeah. if you do come that you can continue on. That doesn't mean that the plate is over. Yes. It yeah. doesn't mean that everything stops. Now, so then the question is, hey, what if I'm one of those guys that the second I have an orgasm, nobody can touch me? Mm-hmm. Or I instantly fall asleep or whatever. So, number one, I'm going to be really impressed if you can instantly fall asleep in a bed full of 15 other people who are having sex. Well, even four or, even, or six other people. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> or even four or five other people yeah. who are having sex. Um and again, there's going to be somebody that's going to be able to take your spot. There's, it's put yeah. me in, coach. I'm ready to play kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So to try not to do that, <laughs> of course. But, you know, if, if you're one of those people that I, you get super sensitive and you don't want to be touched, that sensitivity, the hypersensitivity, will usually last between three and five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, the five minutes is an, is an extreme, I think, for a lot of guys. So just do something else. You know, hide, that, hide your junk. Lay in your stomach and go down on somebody. I was going to say, in that case, could you just kind of roll yeah. over or position yourself so that your your junk isn't available, but you can still use your mouth, your fingers on someone? Yes. Yeah. 
Or, you know, if it was sex that you had, whether it's your partner or another partner, there's a, I love that postcoital cuddle. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, we snuggle and we, we might, we continue kissing and, um, you know, me and my typical, uh, animal puppy fox self will, I love the nuzzle. And so there's things that you can do that, that can sort of prolong that sex act mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with your penis. And alternatively as well, leading up to if you have penetrative sex uh, or whether it be oral that, you know, you're coming through oral, leading up to that, you can draw it out as well by, like you said, different types of play, different positions, and maybe even switching between partners. Yeah. And that can kind of help draw it out as well and so that it becomes a much more extended play session. So we've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again, um, and we'll talk about it now. Uh, but, you know, I often have performance anxiety where I cannot mm-hmm. maintain an erection. So, but I finally, I'm getting to that point now where I'm like, well, that's still fine because I'm good enough with my hands and I'm good enough with my mouth that this, it's not, you know, growing up, you know, it took me to hit 40 to actually realize that sex isn't about my penis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was still hard for me. It's still difficult because we see porn and sex is about the penis. Um, so it, it, I think that for me has helped to really get to the point where I'm like, I don't have to, you know, to maintain an erection and, and penetrate anyone mm-hmm. in order for, for us to have a really good time and really enjoy it. Uh, when we've been lucky recently where we've, we've met with couples and we play and sex may not, or penetrative sex may not happen. Yeah. But we're still getting emails and messages from them going, oh, my God, that was amazing. We want to do this again. So, you know, I'd say take a lot of the pressure off yourself. Don't worry about it because the second you worry about it, then it's going to be a problem. Um, Just remember that you are more than just your penis. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of very amazing, wonderful things you can do uh, that aren't penile related. And if you do come and you aren't one of those people that, that crashes immediately afterwards, clean up, get ready to go for round two. Yeah. And, you know, we've done that many a times where, so the question, do we clean up? Um, it depends. I would say we usually at least wipe down with the, yes. like the after dark wipes. We'll use those. We might shower. There might, we'll, yeah, depending on where we are and the, what yeah. the situation, we, we will often shower between partners. Well, sometimes I guess it depends. Yeah. yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, you and I will use a condom, mm-hmm. not because we're worried about any kind of STI, but because it makes it super easy cleanup. Yes. There's less, there's nothing really for you to worry about. Mm-hmm. And all I need is to walk to the sink, take the condom off, throw it in the trash can, not the toilet. And then just a quick rinse off of my, uh, my junk and I'm, and I'm, I'm back and ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, and on top of that, for me, it takes a lot longer to orgasm with a condom on than it does without a condom. Sure. So, yeah. uh, that, that adds to it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Good question. Um, <laughs> average time. Oh. I would say three to seven minutes. I've seen guys go and go and go and never come, mm-hmm. which I think, I, and I've talked to guys who have said, that's my problem. My problem is I cannot mm-hmm. orgasm with anybody other than my partner, which it was amazing to me because I always have that problem. I was like, I, I have trouble maintaining an erection with anyone other than a primary or, or secondary partner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I thought that was a problem. And these guys are, are, are you know, fucking and fucking and fucking and never coming. So then the, they're, they feel like they're showing whoever they're having sex with that they aren't enough. Ugh. That's the feeling that they yeah. get. But again, this is the problem is we're all projecting this shit. Yeah. Um, and it's so individual and everybody is. responds differently. Yeah. And we keep projecting the shit that isn't real. We're making this up in mm-hmm. our own heads. That's it's so important to remember that, that this comes from us um, most of the time. It, I mean, I'm sure that there are partners out there who are bad partners. But, you know, we, we need to make sure that we don't project these negative things onto our partners when they're, when they're not doing anything to deserve it. Yeah. Whew, that was a long well said. One. I feel like I rambled <laughs> on and on and on. I apologize. But I was passionate. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Are you ready for number three? Sure. This this one I don't think is as difficult. Oh, thank God. I need a break, man. All right. What's your favorite <laughs> color? Purple. Next question. Oh, while we're taking a break. Oh, we will take a break. Uh-huh. And you know what? We'll let somebody else ramble on for a few <laughs> for a few minutes. Or a few somebody else's. Yes. yes. Life on the Swing Set is heading to paradise for the seventh time, and once again, we're taking over Desire Resort, Riviera Maya, in Cancun, Mexico. With this year's hosts, me, Cooper, Ginger, Dylan, JV and Shara from Ending the Sexual Dark Age, and author, podcaster, and feminist porn filmmaker, Tristan Taramino, our takeover allows us to mold the resort in our geeky, sexy, and inclusive image with orgies, classes about pegging, flogging and fisting, theme nights, a full dungeon night, naked karaoke, mutual masturbation, and massages. From November 3rd through the 10th, 2018, this beautiful, all-inclusive resort will be full of sexy swing setters from every letter in the LGBTQA spectrum. Holly, swingers, nudists, kinksters, doms, subs, and those who are just curious about what a week at a sexy resort offers. We take all the best of the swing set, our values, our experience, our co-hosts, our community, and we bring it all together with the best resort staff on earth to create a queer, kink, and poly-friendly, consent-aware, and sexy-as-hell experience for everyone who joins us. To come with us on our Swing Set Takes Desire 2018 trip and hear us podcast about our previous trips, head over to ssdesire.com. We'll be there to welcome you home. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Counting down the days. It's we're uh, under hundred. I was gonna say it's less than six months now. I thought we were under a hundred. Oh wait, July, August, September, <laughs> October, November. So five. We're under five months now. Oh, less so we five. are still more than a hundred. Yes, more than hundred. Damn it, we're under two hundred. We're getting there. We're getting I don't there. Know. We're we're under three hundred sixty-five. I can't do math. <laughs> don't math me, please. It's this year. It's this year, so yes. we're five If you months. can, come out and join us. It's, oh, and my God, I'm If so you can't, well, you'll hear about it on the podcast. We had a very, but it won't be the same. We had a very sad um, Twitter message mm. the other day that said that they just listened and found out that we were going to be at Desire on November 3rd. They're leaving on November 1st. I know. That's sad. Sad face. So we're going to miss you, yeah. but... Um, but we'll make it again. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we're going to try to make it a habit of going there, at least occasionally. Yeah. Whatever occasionally is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Perhaps if our OnlyFans takes off and people mm-hmm. want to see us, you know, naked and having sex and shit, you know, then we'll be able to afford going more often. But Yeah. We'll see. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. 
All right. Who knows where the future is going to take us? Who knows what yeah. the future holds? I, I think I know one thing the future holds, because I still have a, an erection over here. The future holds or you're holding? Well, can't we be both? I am future <laughs> yeah. Bradford, holding past Bradford's erection. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so question... Past Bradford's current erection. Anyway, sorry. Question number three? Yes. <clears throat> uh-huh. My partner and I have been open for years, but have not acted on it very often. My partner has not had any other partners, and I've only had a couple of others. Because I'm very shy and am still trying to explore my buy side, and I really want to explore my buy side, I really think my first buy experience should be with an MF couple. So even though they're not single, they still are acting as a manticore. Okay. Because they do have a partner, but they are playing separately. Uh, I've been looking through Craigslist, occasionally replying to ads, but don't get many responses. Uh, Sesta and Fosta. Now that Craigslist has removed its personal section, thank you, Sesta and Fosta, and I hope you realize that's sarcastic, um, (laughs) I'm I'm at at a bit of a loss. How does one find a couple to play with? God, what a wonderful question. um, It's only going to get harder, I can tell you that. Because of Sesta and Fosta. I really wanted to make a really great erection joke in there, and I can't because it pisses me off yeah. because of Sesta and Fosta. Anyway, okay. Look, um, we lost a lot of great websites uh, when those two um, bills came out or were written into law or whatever they are. Ugh, I'm so grumpy. Anyway, look, um, how to find an MF couple. We have found MF couples with OkCupid. Okay Mm-hmm. Um, there's and admittedly, there are problems with OKCupid now having to put in your real name. That concerns a lot of people, which is completely understandable. Um, but if you're if you are pun intended okay with that, then that's a great way to put it. Um, as I recall, OKCupid now allows you to put um, you know what your sexuality is. Mm-hmm. You know you can't of course say I'm a couple looking for or I'm a single looking for a couple. You can put that in your in your profile. In the description. But yeah. you are allowed to say, I'm looking for men and women. You're, um, and I'm, please somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that OKCupid still does this. Admittedly, we haven't been on OKCupid in about two years. I, I've deleted our accounts after the whole real name thing came out. More of a, not because I was afraid of our names coming out because people know our names. But just on but principle. Just on principle because yeah. I think that you should be allowed to have a username that is unique. Unique and yeah. random. Um, but you know, you can you can put your sexuality down, you can put your gender identity down, and so that's a great way to find people mm-hmm. um, that that you might be able to play with. Tinder also, it's yeah. I mean you're not you're going to have a harder time finding couples. Uh, Field is is now uh, I know across the U.S. and Australia, I think worldwide. F e e l d. Yep, f w e l d. So that is actually intended. Um, it was Thrinder, but then I think they had a lawsuit with Tinder. And Facebook, uh, but now Field is actually intended for couples to find um, a third for a threesome. Mm-hmm. That was that's sort of its intent. So I would check that. Um, I got to be honest; I would have stayed away from Craigslist to begin with. Craigslist, in some cases, was great, but it was like finding a needle in a haystack. And it's that's coming lot. from somebody who I met two partners, play partners, off of Craigslist, and. For every 1,000 messages I think I sent, I got one back that was actually worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was oof, a lot of work. Um, look at websites like uh, if you're in the U.S., which I'm assuming this person is from the U.S. It, we don't have information on that email. Uh, but Cassidy. 
Mm-hmm. Cassidy.com is a great, uh, it's like our, down in Australia, Red Hot Pie. And that one's K-A-S-I-D-I-E? Yes. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. And then SDC is worldwide. Australia has Red Hot Pie. Yep. There are different websites around the world that are geared towards swingers. Yes. And so it can be for couples looking for couples, couples looking for singles, singles looking for couples. Yes. Um, I'll post in the notes of this uh, podcast the we've got a, a special link that I think gives you 30 days of, of, of mm-hmm. use so you don't have to you can try it out and see if you like it um, so yeah and we're on Cassidy the atoms of love mm-hmm. if you want to check our what our profile looks like um, we're also on red hot pie of and course. we're also on red yeah. hot pie of course the atoms of love mm-hmm. uh, but yeah if if, if you want to see you know, want to find couples, I think that a website like that is probably a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, you are going to have to pay, um, you're going to have to pay to really send messages and use it to its utmost. And I would also say if you're doing something like that, especially as a single person approaching a couple, and, and I'm sure that even as a single, you'll get a million messages as well. But as a couple, we get heaps and heaps of messages from people. So you want to try and personalize the message a little bit, make it unique somehow to try and grab their attention. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to stand out above others. Look, and we've gotten both kinds of messages where it's clearly a shotgun approach Mm -hmm. where they just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. And we've gotten the ones that are, uh, and I always think of C and D from Swinging Down Under. The first time we exchanged messages, she sent this, and I know it was her because she admits to it. She sent this beautifully crafted message to us that was, took points from our, our profile and things that we liked and commented on it. And it was this really long message. Uh, and I think it took me like a week and a half to respond. And when I did, and we finally met, face to face. She was like, why did it take you so long? I've worked so hard on that message. I was like, I but, love it. But you wanted to work so hard on the return message. <laughs> I got to be honest, about I did not work that hard on the return Aww. message. I know I was kind of a dick, but, um, but we still love them and we still love yeah. them. Yeah. So, um, look, the, the long and short of it is the loss of Craigslist sucks and yeah. the loss of some of the other websites suck. Um, so we've got to just sort of scramble and find something that works. My advice, things like apps like Field, uh, maybe Tinder, yeah. um, but definitely things like Cassidy, um, SDC, and um, Red, Hot, Red Pie. Hot Pie uh, in Australia. Also, depending on where you are. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Or if you have a swingers club in the area 
uh, and they allow most will allow single women some will allow single guys some only on certain nights so check the websites of whatever the club is but that can be a good place to go just to see what it's like you can meet people and and it you know you're not going to necessarily meet someone the first time you go we might but you may not but it at least gets you into that environment and gets you networking and kind of getting out there a bit so if there is a swingers club around that can be a good way to step into it a bit well and you know you think about the gentleman we met the gentleman at our secret spot yeah. and you know now he is a constant part of our life so mm-hmm. um, it can happen it's yeah. it doesn't always happen but it can happen um, but I think it's a good idea another just to touch again on um, Cassidy is uh, and I keep preaching Cassidy only because I'm pretty sure this person is probably from the US Um but websites yeah. like Casting Red Hot Pie, they have events and community pages yeah. where you can join a community and you can join bisexual communities. And it's a great way to meet people who are either looking for other bi folk or or want to explore their bi side or, or uh, you know, just whatever, um, which also leads to things like meetup.com, yep. which Every city has a meetup, and maybe, heck, maybe it's yours calling to start a, your own meetup of, of bi people, and maybe you might find somebody or some bodies in that in that meetup group. Yeah, we tried some meetup groups as yeah. well, so it could be a good way to meet people depending on what your interests are. Because I know Sydney has a wonderful group of guys that I've met with a few of them. They do uh, um, at least a monthly meetup, mm-hmm. sometimes twice monthly and I'm on a kick group with probably 20 other fellas that are all um, they identify as bi men Uh, some of them are in homosexual relationships some of them are in heterosexual relationships some of them are single so you know for them it's more of a support group look we're all bi it's okay but you know it's not a hookup group but let's be realistic once you start hanging out with people and making friends that's how it happens yeah and, and whether you end up hooking up with someone in that group or they know somebody and just friends of friends and whatever, you just you never know how. Right. It's, it's that whole web of relationships that we have. And I'll say really quickly, finally, Grinder. While you may not, you may <laughs> think that that is not the way to find it. Uh, there are a lot of bi guys on there who um, who are interested in playing with other. Uh, with play, playing with couples or having single guys come and play with them as a couple because they're part of a relationship. Um, you know. I'm on Grinder, yeah. and I'm always if the the guys come up and like, wait, you're by. Does your partner know you're on here? I'm like, yes. And could I play with her? I'm like, hey, if we all get along, absolutely. If we all, if you are willing to meet with us and go and have a beer, and we all three get along, then absolutely, we'll bring we'll bring you home. Yeah. But so yeah, just keep trying. It's keep your head down and keep plowing yeah. through. It it takes a lot of work. It's gonna be but, a lot of effort. But it, you'll have fun along the way and. In the end, hopefully it pays off. So I feel yeah. like I rambled and rambled and rambled again. That's okay. That's what this one's all about, rambling. This, this, this is a rambling podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. I was born a rambling man. <laughs> That's all I know of that song. Yeah, Trying to make a living and doing the best I can. <laughs> See? Sometimes <laughs> it, it's like in my brain, next to the bisexual parts, mm-hmm. it's mostly music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some of it's country, some of it's anyway. All right, what do we have next? Did I answer everything? Did we answer everything uh, in that I question? I believe that we did. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're good on that one. Is it time for more wine? Yeah, it's time for more wine. I've, uh-huh. I, uh, you got to keep the throat wet. Yeah. All the talking. I like to keep that throat wet. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be traveling next week. I'm gonna be keeping that throat wet somehow. Uh huh. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a slut. I'm just saying I love love. Uh, do you have your roster already set up? I 
Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have a few people that we might, that I might have be talking to about plans. Uh There might be a sauna visit as well. Then we all get to hear about it. Yep, we will. Okay. (laughs) But we digress. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. So the next one that we have, this is a fun one. Uh, I know you guys have done episodes about pegging. Ooh, I like these already. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had one early on on pegging, and then more recently in the past six months or yeah. seven, I don't know. We had a two-parter. We've had a two-parter. So we've got several episodes out there about pegging. Wondering if you can give us some advice about toy brands and what is more pleasurable, strap-ons or strap-less? Oh, woof. I, 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 I Admittedly, I should. I, I read these emails, but so I, I forget think, about them. I, I didn't know we were the, entering this one tonight. In my opinion, I don't think brands are as important. Okay, so I will say that brands aren't terribly important, but whatever you put in your body, make sure that it is um, high quality. High quality. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to put don't put cheap shit in your body. Um, you want to make sure that. And I am at a loss right now, and I can hear people. Um, siren is now screaming at me because it's be something free. BPFE free. BPA. BPA That's free. That's a plastic that's used in like. Anyway, yeah, Tupperwares and things. I should know this. I should know I this know. better. Anyway, um, you want 100% high grade silicone. Is I'm going to say that pretty mm-hmm. flatly. Um, Fun Factory makes some from some good quality stuff. Uh, I like I like their stuff. Um, Fieldo. Which one was that? We don't have it. Oh, oh, okay, Fieldo. Yes, yes. Um, so, I think personally, look. A couple of things I would say. If we were going out and buying um, strap-ons, uh, strap-ons for you to wear, and then mm-hmm. the the dildos, of course, that go in there. So they they often are either suction locked or they're strapped into the to the to the strap to the straps. I don't know what do you call it? the underwear part, strap the part on? that the lady part wears, the lady lady wears. I guess that's harness? the strap-on harness. harness. There's a word harness or panties. There's panties too. Wow. Okay, that took us like I'm looking at the time. That took us like 40 <laughs> seconds to come up with the word I was harness. Trying to figure out what you were um, talking about. You're sober. I'm I'm happy. Um, <laughs> so look, they the 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 dildos attach either via um, like a big O ring, be it metal or or usually nitrile O ring, mm-hmm. or suction, or a combination of the two. So, when I would, what I would say is going out and buying a, a, a set is everything you see in the store, you're going to be like, oh, I can use, I can do that, I can fit that. Talking about size, uh-huh. um, and then you get it home and you start doing it, and you're like, "Whoo, that thing is much bigger than I expected it." Uh, it always surprises me how small things look in the store mm-hmm. uh, versus how big they feel in my ass. Same thing when you're buying a TV. I know, right? Yeah. Holy shit! The it's store is from so big. dildos to TVs. Yeah. It it doesn't matter. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It's very funny. So start small um, and give yourself, you know, give yourself a, a little bit of space. Um, start small. Get a, a variety would be my advice as well. Uh, get if you can afford it. Get two sizes, three sizes would be amazing. Uh, a small, medium, and large. There are kits that you can buy that are sort of meant for uh, beginners. Um, I can't think of the brand off the top of my head, but I know the dildos are very smooth and and perp, dark purple. Um, I personally like it when when she wears her panties rather than an actual harness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, that's just because I like the way it looks. I mean, it's, that's 
it. So if you like the look of a leather harness, go for a leather harness. Um, I think it's important to have access to the vagina um, so that she can be playing either with herself with a dildo as well or a vibrator or something like that. Um, So I will say that on the access to the vagina part, some of the panties that I have um, are, are split, they're crotchless, so there is access. So I can, you know, you can be, fing- somebody, you, somebody can be fingering me. Uh, or I can be playing, have a toy there that I'm playing with. Well, you've had have- somebody fucking you while you're fucking me. I know. That was awesome. epic. Yes. Best MMF ever. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, so that's really nice to have that access, and I can have a vibrator if I want to there. doesn't matter. If, if I have the panties on that are solid through the the genital region, then many of those will also have a little pocket, so you can put like a little bullet vibe down there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And so again, you get some kind of stimulation as well while you're, while I'm fucking you, I get stimulation. And so that is really nice. I do have some leather harnesses and just different styles of harnesses. I prefer the panties because I feel like they hold everything tighter and the the dildo is held tighter. So then when I'm going in and out or going at different angles and whatever, then it's I have more control over it. Whereas sometimes even with the leather harnesses, when they're pulled super tight, there's still just a little more give. But that depends on the harness. And it also depends on what you want and whether I'm doing most of the movement or if I'm laying on the bed and you're sitting on top of me, you're doing most, most of the movement, it doesn't necessarily matter. Right, right. So I think position matters a lot in in what you're choosing, and it can be different from play session to play session. And that's why I've got, like, three different panties, a boxer brief one, <laughs> three strap-on harnesses. Yeah, because it just depends on the situation. That's great. Uh, and I would also say that for pegging with a guy I tend to prefer the strap-ons more than the strapless strap-ons the harness strap-ons or panty strap-ons as opposed to the strapless because the strapless strap-on is at a set angle so it has its curve and that's it I can't change it and we've used it I've used it with you Mm -hmm. and it was fine for one specific position but we're not going to necessarily be moving positions as much because of the curvature of it you know it's got to be it's more fun for you if it's facing the front Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You yeah, mean because it yeah, fits, because it has the bulb that fits inside me, and then it comes out and has the yeah. The, it's all yeah. one piece, and so it comes out and is curved. So, I, and I, I'm going to say as a caveat to that because I was going to say that I actually really like the strapless strap on um, because it is the most realistic and the most stable. Exactly, but it is position. Specific. It is position specific. Yeah. So, and what she's saying there is, you know, and go back and listen to the the pegging episodes about. Um, the curve and, and hitting the prostate. Hitting mm-hmm. the prostate is, of course, you're you were doing pegging because it feels good to hit the prostate. I'll say though that even when you're not directly stimulating the prostate, mm-hmm. the fact that you're in there, you're stimulating the prostate. <laughs> so, um, so it doesn't have to be that direct stimulation for it still to feel really good. Sure. Um, but I, I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, when you're it, looking, I'm just saying it's tight in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> And also, when you're looking at dildos, you know, you mentioned, Bradford, different sizes of dildos, but also look at textures. Yes. Because we've got some that are either kind of, they have texturing like a a real penis would have. Some have ridges or little balls kind of stuck together is what they look like or just different texturing. And it can make it a little bit more exciting and different. I agree. One of our favorites, one of my favorites is the 
it's basically five or six balls mm-hmm. that are you know small marble size that are all stuck together. So it's think of it like anal beads without the strands in between. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like anal beads without a strand in between. And it feels really good. So that's another one that doesn't matter what position you're in because it's just balls. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so you're constantly getting stimulation on the on the uh, outside uh, and on the inside on the prostate. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, again, I think visually the strapless strap-on is the sexiest. Mm-hmm. Um and I like I like it when you're using that. Um, and the one that we have, I think it's Fun Factory, it but the sweet. one that we have uh, has a little bullet vibrator that goes in it as well. So I yeah. get stimulation while I'm fucking you. Yeah. So yeah. Was that all those questions? Was I think so. I think we've got everything on that one. Because again, we we touch on this, and then we just sort of <laughs> we're using these as jumping off points. Yeah. No, I think I think it's good. Cool. Yeah. But definitely try pegging. Pegging is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm was trying to convince a guy at the club on Friday night about that pegging was amazing. And his partner was, she was all about it. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And this is, I, and I was very proud of this analogy and I'm sticking to this. Right. You know, for a man to not want to try pegging um, is like buying a, a Ferrari and then saying, look, it's got six gears. We're only going to use the first four. We're leaving the last two. We're not allowed to use them. And, you know, because it's, it's one of those things that an, a prostate orgasm is completely different than any other orgasm you've ever had. And it's it's a great, wonderful feeling. And, and so if you don't fully use the machine, and by the machine, I mean everything below your belly button and above your knees, um, hell, and even including your brain. So, okay, the entire body. Mm-hmm. We'll use the entire machine. The whole machine. You know, if you don't use everything that you have at your at your disposal, you're missing out on something, which is the equivalent of buying a very expensive car and, and maybe never getting it up on, you know, to the to its full capacity. Use all the gears. Use all your gears, yeah. baby. Brown chicken, brown cow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, and he was like, hmm. I think I convinced him. I think he's interested well I, at least he's thinking yeah. about it i told him i was like you know come on over to our place we'll uh we'll put you in front of the professional that was meaning you <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> cool all right what we got next all right last question are you ready <sighs> okay i'm ready are you ready mm-hmm. microphone people are you ready mm-hmm. all right cool they're ready do we get some yoda beatboxing about it Hmm, ready we are. You send us our questions and we ask them to do answer. The, the, shit, fuck, I don't know, but you could leave your pants here. I feel like you need to work on this one. <laughs> Look, um, I wasn't prepared to Yoda beatbox tonight. Do you need to take a moment and think about it? No, no, I'm sticking with that. That's okay. good enough. Oh, sorry, as a side note, uh, also on Friday night, we were discussing with a couple about, uh, or no, it was last night, Saturday night, at the club, we were discussing um, Star Wars porn and Chewbacca the Wookiee in a full Wookiee suit, but you could see his human penis, hairless penis coming out of it. There is, that ain't Star Wars. All right. It's a disturbing, disturbing, but awesome porn. <laughs> Check it out, folks. Parody porns, they're awesome. Parody porns, they're awesome. My favorite kind of porn is parody porn. <laughs> Pay for your porn. Pay yeah. for your parody porn. An alliteration. Okay, sorry. Last question. All right, last one. This one is about compersion. Oh, I'm let's, ready. Let's define compersion first. Okay. Which they, we kind of do in the question, actually. So I'll say the first sentence, and then you can add to it if you'd like. Oh, so this is going to be like one of those improv uh-huh. things where it you is. say a sentence, and I say a sentence, and you say a sentence? 
Question about the concept of compersion or feeling happiness for someone else's joy. Oh, I like that. That's that's such a it was wonderful. It's such a great thing. And if mm-hmm. I wish that it, I didn't learn this word until I was probably thirty five, which shame on me. Yeah, I, I really feel like we should teach our children this because this is such an important thing to understand. Um, I'll say real quick, my, my, my example of compersion that I constantly use in our Swinging 101 class is we've all seen that one-year-old baby or videos of a one-year-old baby eating cake on their birthday for the first time. And we see them just like dive into it and they're throwing it everywhere and they're having this, I mean, it is baby lust for, for this cake. And nobody on earth looks at that baby and goes, fuck, I wish I had some cake. No, we're all excited because that child is having cake and we're excited because of their enjoyment. That is compersion. That is happiness at someone else's joy uh, that you really get nothing out of. You're getting nothing out of it except happiness that they're happy. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just... It's a wonderful feeling. Makes me feel good just talking about it. I would love it. And yeah, I'm evangelical about my compersion. All right. Are you ready ready for the actual question? Continue on with the question. All right. Do you believe that compersion is something you're born with, or is it developed over time? My primary partner and I are new to the swinging scene, and at a swingers club, I feel large amounts of compersion towards her, but when she's out with another man by herself, I'm not able to feel the same amount of compersion, and I just end up feeling jealous. This is only one way, as she's respected and supported me with other women. So it sounds like they maybe want to explore a more open relationship where they see people separately mm-hmm. than necessarily together. And so it, it, maybe there is some together play. But when they're playing separately, how, you know, is that compersion? Is it is it innate and such that they're never, ever going to have it? Or can they develop that? So I'll say that this is something that this question, I remember when this question came in. And it sort of has encouraged me to kind of look out there and try to find more information in the social sciences on jealousy and compersion. Mm-hmm. Because I think the, it's a great question. Are we born with compersion or is it something that we learn? Are we born with jealousy or is that something that we learn? That would be my first response question to that. You know, we, I can, growing up, uh, my mom ran a daycare and I can remember watching children watching other children play. And the common thing that a child does is they see you having fun and they take the toy because you're having fun with it. I want to have the fun with it that you're having. Mm -hmm. That was just, that was sort of the natural thing that happened. Um, To me, that's an expression of jealousy. You have something I want because it's making you happy. I'm going to take it. You rarely see a child... uh, just watch another. Well, actually, I, I, that's not true either. I can also remember many times where you would watch one child um, watch another child play, and as that child with the toy was playing and giggling and laughing, the first child would also giggle and laugh. Mm-hmm. Are they sharing anything? Are they getting anything out of it? Giggles are infectious. Yeah, and so it's a it's that excitement of you know you're having fun and I'm having fun watching you have fun. Yeah. So. I think the answer to the question is compersion slash jealousy innate or is it learned is yes. I think that we are all born with the capacity to have some form of jealousy and some form of compersion. And that the as we grow, 
it, you know, it's, it, it gets nurtured in one way or the other, yeah, depending on you're strengthening. You're yeah. strengthening a muscle. It's a muscle in our body, or it's a muscle in our brain that we're we're trying to to nurture that um, or or stamp it out. And I don't think you should stamp out jealousy. I think that if you if you feel jealous feelings, you don't ignore them. That's where gallstones come from. Um, that's a jealousy, joke. That's not real. But you know, jealousy can be healthy if you manage it properly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it leads to really good communication. I think it leads to really good conversations and relationship building. And it can also help you be aware of a potential situation that maybe isn't a good situation. Exactly. So my advice on this would be to do, give yourself tasks to, to learn compersion or to at least nurture compersion. And I would say things like when you're, when you're out at a grocery store or you're out at a, a department store and you see a child and start with children, because I think it's something that we all, we all want children to be happy, no matter who, how curmudgeon or grinchy kind of a person you are, you still want to see children happy and you, you're, you're always happy when children are happy. Um, but, but pay attention to these children in, in malls and grocery stores. And when they have something that they're really excited about, it's so fluffy. <laughs> You know, and, and, but be cognizant of that feeling that you're feeling. Do it with your partner. When you go out to dinner, maybe you don't get dessert, but they do. And as they're enjoying that food or as they're enjoying the dessert, enjoy their enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, focus on that and focus on how that makes you feel. Because what I find for me is that when, when I see you with a partner and I can see that you are fully enjoying that partner. It gives me this great sense sense of warmth because we're a team. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're getting something that maybe I can't give you or you're getting something that is making you grow as a person or you're getting something that you're just at that one moment really fucking enjoying. Mm-hmm. And that's that makes me happy. Uh, and that was part of what I was thinking in the response is that you know, we all have so many different sides to us and so many things, so many parts of us that need to be fed that one person can't feed us in every way that we possibly need. And and so there may be something that I get from another partner that I can't necessarily get from you. And I think a great example was um, constant listeners will know probably a month, six weeks ago, some time ago, when we were playing with a couple that we met at the swingers club, we were playing with them at their place. And uh, Bradford was a top with her. She likes she likes rough play. She likes flogging. She likes to be spanked. That is not a natural thing for Bradford to do. But in that situation, he was able to do it with her. And so I think you know it's just something that it can be a very situational thing. And right, because I could never do that with you. No, that's something that. It, like, but yet you really enjoyed it. Yes, and so that's a part of you that was fed by her that will never be fed by me. And similarly, her partner can't do it for her. Right, it's just not in his nature. And so it was. It was sort of a great. So I think looking at it from that perspective and trying to focus on what is it that that your partner is getting out of this other relationship, and seeing how much more complete your partner is when they come back from that. You know, maybe they've. Just whatever it is that does it for them, recognizing that and being happy for that and focusing on that rather than the fact that there was someone else. 
you know, and and so I think that that's kind of important to to keep in mind is that they are a, a better and a more whole and hopefully happier person because of what they're doing. And yeah. then that will then strengthen your relationship with them as well because they're coming into your relationship a more whole and happy person. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I always think about like – because compersion is so important and I love thinking about it just in like general life and like how do we how can we feel compersion when it's not our primary partner and it's outside of the swinging community um you know I've started to think that watching like these um some of these puppy and cat videos that feeds that feeling of compersion when you know I can I'm thinking of a video now where um when a a puppy sees it's his owner for the first time or for you know for a first time in a long time and he starts wagging his tail or there's there's a really great video of a of a military um a guy who's in the military who comes home and the dog sees him for the first time the dog goes apeshit crazy and pounces on the guy why do we watch that we watch that because we're happy for the guy and we're happy for the dog that they've been separated for x amount of time what that feeling is that's compersion you know, you're you're happy because someone else is is feeling joy. Mm-hmm. Sit in that, and that's something that our therapist has told both Angela and I that we need to learn to sit in our emotions and really feel them, good and or bad, good or bad. And compersion is a great one to sit and feel in. Mm-hmm. Um, but to sit down and and just focus on that, and like, why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. And then once you understand it and how it makes you feel and why it makes you feel good then you can start looking for it in other areas of your life. So if you can set up an artificial compersion, mm-hmm. like watching puppy videos that who haven't seen their owners in a long time, uh, you know, you can start understanding it and noticing it and feeling, oh, this is where, you know, learning it, learning it. Yeah. So that when it starts to happen, you're like, ooh, I'm starting to feel compersion. I want to mm-hmm. focus on that. Let me enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so then when your partner is going off with, you know, another partner, Mm-hmm. Or or whatever you know you can you can really sort of fully enjoy it and fully understand that emotion and feeling. And also, when your partner is out with someone else, rather than focusing on the fact that they're out with someone else and you know not with you, and you know it maybe because I don't think that this listener or whoever, yeah, I don't think that they necessarily mean it in the, they're jealous because they think that the other person's going to take their partner right, away. Right. I, I don't think that that's the case, but think about what it is about your partner that is so attractive to the other person. You know, is it that they're funny, that they're quirky, that they're kinky, that they're really attractive? Like, what is it about that? And be proud of the fact that you have this wonderful, amazing person who has all these great qualities and they've chosen to spend their life with you. And they've chosen you as their primary partner. And you should be proud of that. And you should focus on that and the fact that they're going to come home to you at the end of the day. And, you know, they may go and have fun with other people, but at the end, they're going to come back to you. And you're really lucky to have that kind of relationship with them. And also to be able to share them with someone else and let someone else get a taste of, of what it's like to be you. you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's um, it's not easy. No. It's not easy. Uh, but it is, I think it's a muscle that you can that you can work. Oh, for sure. I also think it's important to try to differentiate between jealousy, envy, and FOMO. Because oftentimes, especially jealousy and envy, what is FOMO? Fear of missing out. There you go. Because often jealousy and envy can kind of feel the same, yes. or at least especially at the beginnings until you really delve down and think, what is it that I'm feeling and why? Because I know that like, if I am traveling for work and you're going out with someone, especially if it's someone that 
I really like or it's a constant partner or somebody new and just like, oh, this is exciting. I do get a bit of FOMO and that, you know, I'm not there to experience it. And, and I might get a little sad, but then I hear about it later and it makes me all happy. <laughs> and and, it, and there are times that I am envious that I'm, I'm not there to go out as well. Or, you know, maybe it's been a long work day and I know that you're going to go out and have fun, but I'm just exhausted. I'm going to go back to the hotel and do nothing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, that that's kind of a bummer. But at the same time, I know that I'm going to hear about it in the end. And to me, that's really exciting and it kind of helps me to know that it's not like it's this black box that I'm never, ever going to hear about. I'm going to get the details. Oh, and yeah. so I can look forward to that. Yeah. And, and also, when you are out with people like that, if I'm not part of it, sometimes keeping busy helps. Whether it is, you know, reading a book, going for a walk, or just, you know, doing actual work, anything, just, or maybe meeting up with another friend, but just being busy and keeping my mind on something else until I can get back and get the details. Uh, that that helps as well, I think. I agree, because whenever, you know, when I know when I go out or, or you go out, I'm a video game person, so mm-hmm. I love the nights that you go out because it's like, woohoo, I can focus on a video game and I don't have to worry about feeling guilty that I'm playing a video game and not sharing my time with yeah. you. Uh, and I know that when I go out, you're like, woohoo, you know, this is, I can take a bath and I can clean, or I can clean the apartment, which I don't understand is fun, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, I come back and the apartment's spotless and then I tend to feel guilty because I'm like, well, I've been out fucking around and you clean the apartment. <laughs> you're like, I know, isn't it great? Okay, as long as you're happy, baby. (laughs) You know, but no, you're absolutely right. I also think it's important to remember, too, that in the swinging world, it is very common, especially for us. You know, we prefer to play with people together, but we do still see people separately. In the BDSM and in the kink world, you sometimes play with your primary partner, but very often the partner that you're playing with in that realm may not be your primary partner. It is not uncommon at all in, in the BDSM realm to have your your primary partner in that realm not be your primary partner in the everyday world. Correct. And so it's it's again it's that someone else can feed a different side of you, a different side of your partner. You feed a different part of them than what all of our other partners can. Yeah. Spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you feel like you're not where you want to be with compersion and with jealousy, find a sex positive therapist. You know, feel free. We do it. We go. We have a therapist that we check in with every now and again. And if there's any bits that we want to work on, then we'll go back more routinely for a little while. And so it just, yeah, it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of in finding a sex positive therapist and, and talking with them about it and working through what you're feeling and why and how can you make it better. You know, it's good to have a, a third party sometimes. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, if you're in the Sydney area, we have a wonderful lady that we've been going to now for four years now. Um, so are almost four years. So, you know, shoot us a message. We're happy to, to refer you to her. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great thing to have because it's, it's someone who is a third party and she's completely, neutral and mm-hmm. supportive of both of us and what's us both to be happy yeah. and doesn't really care what the, our path to happiness looks like. Yeah. And that's what's the important thing is finding somebody who is very sex positive, very um, understanding. I, I would say many of the, of the therapists who are understanding of the LGBTQI community are also very accepting of the uh, swinger yeah. community uh, or the open relationship community. Uh, we're all queer in a different way. Yeah. It's just we're, you know, it's... And if you are in a more remote area, 
or a small town or anything like that, and there isn't anyone around that you feel is a good sex-positive therapist, look outside a bit further because I know that many will also do Skype sessions and things like that. So you might be able to get someone remotely that's maybe not directly in your area. Because Our Lady does Skype sessions Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, if you're regional Australia, she will uh, reach out to you and work something out. Yep. Awesome. Was that all the questions? Well, that's not all, but I think that's all for tonight. All right. (laughs) Woof. Thank you so much for these questions. They're they're wonderful questions. They're great conversation yeah. pieces. Uh, you know, we gr- learn and grow from these as well. And yeah. I think that this podcast, we're very lucky in that we we have people who listen to us. But even moreover, this is sort of our therapy. We we are talking things out that we might not normally have a discussion over because we might be sitting and watching TV instead of. Mm-hmm. instead of having an open communication. So this is really good for us as well. So we really appreciate it. Uh, send your questions to us. Uh, we are theatomsoflove at gmail.com or on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at By the By Podcast. We are on Red Hot Pie, The Atoms of Love. We are also on Cassidy, The Atoms of Love. So you can send your messages in so many ways, form or fashion. You can um, use smoke signals at... um, And we will get those. Put the the by the by signal in the sky, which I'm not sure what that is, but I'm imagining it's really sexual. (laughs) Come up with your own by the by bat Uh signal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, questions, comments, or rude remarks you got over there? Uh, no, I think we've covered a lot no, tonight. Yeah. 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 I've uncovered most things. I'm now sitting in my robe and completely open. Completely open. I feel like I'm a like, nice little erection going yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's at least a mid size erection. I can help out with that. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 